How are we doing? Can you hear me? Is this thing working okay? We good? Good. Hey, it's good to see everybody. I'm Trendon. I'm here to talk to you. And you're here to listen, huh? <laughs> Charlie, you got that? You're not even paying attention. Unbelievable. Well, I'm here to, I'm going to speak to you today on our next part of the series. You know, we've been talking through the Bible and looking at that, and today we get to look at uh, what I would say, in my opinion, the best part of the Bible, because now we get to actually look at the life of Christ. Who was here in big church this morning listening to Jeff Dart? Anybody? All right. He did amazing this morning, I thought. And check it out. Today you get to hear a little bit more about Christ. You got a problem with it? All right, good. Okay. Um, who remembers the point of the Bible? The main point. Yes. Oh, very good. Very good. Let's see. Am I getting this thing right? How about this one? How about this one? Oops. All right, there it is. God's plan to save the world through his son, Jesus Christ. And the, the reason I'm really kind of pleased that I get to stand before you and talk to you about this is because this is the point of the Bible. I mean, this is the, the pinnacle. You know what the word pinnacle means? Hmm? Hmm? Pinnacle, like the high point, the climax of the Bible. This is it right here. It's all about Christ. You guys excited about that? Huh? All right, good. Uh, just to review again, you know, we've been talking about some of the stuff. When you open up the Bible, we hope that you don't just open up to Leviticus chapter 5 and read some random thing from there because you might struggle. Instead, you want to get to know the context, the circumstances that surround a setting or event. So, like, read the whole book, at least, and kind of get to know that. Uh, what else? Again, the definition for the kingdom of God is God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. So we've been going through the series looking at, well, here's our chart. Remember this chart? You guys got this all memorized, right? Yeah? yeah? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, so we've been looking at all these different, different uh, looks of the kingdom. And today we're looking at the present kingdom and talking about Christ. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually go kind of fast through some of this stuff because I'd like to get to some other things at the end and actually watch something in the end that I think you might be intrigued by. I could be wrong, though. So here's the chart that we've been going through the past many weeks, and you can feel free to copy this down. Again, we're talking about the present kingdom, we're talking about Christ, and our the, the, the books of the Bible we're looking at would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, known as the Gospels, the actual life of Christ. And we start with God's people. And it says right here, God's people now, Jesus Christ is the new Israel. He is the new Abraham. And there's a verse there in Romans. I actually I don't really plan on looking it up. It's, it's kind of a deep verse in some ways, but it pretty much is Paul saying, stop being so focused on Abraham. Christ came. Christ is now our father. Abraham's in the past. Christ has now come to replace him. And then we look at God's place. Christ now is the temple. 
Christ is the temple. No longer do you have to go to a church, a tabernacle, a temple, to actually worship him. He is the temple himself. You can worship anywhere. And here's a verse right here. This is where Christ is talking to these Jewish leaders. And let's see here. Basically, he says to them, they're they're looking for some kind of sign. And he responds, well, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. And these leaders are like, what are you talking about? It took us how many years to build this temple? You think you're going to bring it back in three days? Well, as you can see in the end, he said this meaning the temple, meaning his own body. He wasn't actually talking about the temple. So the temple being actually Christ nowadays. We don't have to go somewhere to worship. He's it. You blowing bubbles? Hmm? And finally, God's rule and blessing. Christ is the new covenant. Christ is the new covenant now. He's come. No longer do we have to do sacrifices and things like that. But he came, as you know, for all of us. And a verse right here. Beautiful verse. Wrong button, though. There it is. Christ said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Anybody in here weary? Anybody in here heavy burdened? Hmm? I'm sure a lot of you could raise your hands, because a lot of us have troubles. And at some point, you're going to have some. And Christ is talking to anybody. Come to me. Any of you. Because I'm going to give you rest. Give me your burdens. So this is his new covenant. So, back up. There's our chart so far, if anybody's writing this down. Charlie, you writing this down? I don't know why I want to pick on Charlie. All right. Take a job. Um, I, back, oh, what, 25 years ago. You know what it was like 25 years ago, right? Hmm? Some of you, you divide that in half, and are you even that old? Anyway, 25 years ago, I believe the summer of something like 87 or so, I went to a little Christian camp, a little Bible camp, and it was that summer that I first put my trust in Christ. I grew up in a Christian family, but it never really hit me until that summer at this camp, and the speaker is telling us, you know, hey, we are all in sin. I mean, we are headed for destruction and we need help. And he talked about this man, Jesus Christ, and what he did. And it was that summer that I decided to put my trust in him. And ever since then, you know, I've been learning more and more. And many situations, many people come in my life to really help me understand more and more about who Christ is. And lately, I've been reading the book of John. Great book. Great book. And I, I've been really noticing a lot of the the claims that Christ had. I just kind of want to point out some of these here. Because I think these are really fitting here. Who is Jesus Christ? First of all, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And actually, this was John the Baptist saying this, you know, and it's very fitting. He did come to die for us all. Or another one here. Christ says, I'm the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry No one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. That's right on. 
What else do you possibly need? He's given you food. He's given you water in this sense. I mean, he completely satisfies us. Another one, kind of what we just read in a way. If anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. Again, Christ being the ultimate one to satisfy us. Can you ever get thirsty out there? Hmm? Okay, I trust you do. A few more. I'm the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Christ defeated evil. I mean, the battle in many ways is already won. He's already overcome Satan. He's the light of the world. I, I think that's an excellent little description. Another one, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lay down, lays down his life for his sheep. And that's the thing about a shepherd. Does a shepherd go out in the field and just kind of sit around? The flock's going to come back, no problem. Is that what a shepherd does? No. The sheep themselves sometimes are quite helpless animals. The shepherd's constantly going out, rounding them up. And if there's one missing, he's going to go find it. And the shepherd has to defend off, excuse me, fend off all these dangerous animals as well. So it's an excellent picture of who Christ is. He doesn't just sit there saying, well, whenever you guys are ready. No, he's out there trying to, to get at us many times, to help us out, to defend us. And then here again, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die ever so here he is the ultimate one who has conquered death hmm. um, also some of the miracles in the book of john have really stuck out to me as well and i've kind of noticed that as you read on it almost seems the miracles that christ performed get more and more amazing, I think. We start we're here with, what's the first one here? Turns water into wine. You know, maybe nowadays you could go to some magic show and maybe some magician can perform such a thing and trick you into thinking that really happened. Okay, it turns water into wine was the first one. Next, he heals some really ill boy. I mean, the boy is about to die. The father comes to Christ, pleads for him, and and Christ pretty much says, go home, your son's going to be fine. And sure enough, he gets home and his boy is healed. Or another one, healed a sick man. doesn't exactly say what this man was sick with. Forever he hardly could walk. Maybe he was blind. It wasn't really clear on what he was sick with. But Christ came to him and instantly was able to heal the guy. How about this one? Fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Here, this enormous crowd, 5,000 people, as I'm sure you know. And Christ wants to feed them. So, let's feed them. What do we got? Uh, there's a boy with five loaves and two fish. Oh, they'll be fine. And sure enough, he's able to feed everybody and have a whole bunch left over. Pretty amazing. Walked on water. Okay? Imagine you at some lake, and it's dark out, and you look in some man that you hardly can see is walking on water. What would you think? Would you be a little scared? Hmm? Awkward, yes. Yeah, he walks on water. 
a few more. He healed a man born blind. Okay? How about this one? Lazarus. Lazarus dies, and four days later, Jesus is able to raise him to life. Pretty crazy little miracle there as well. I'm quite taken back at, I mean, you read through these Gospels, and Christ throughout the whole time is telling you, this is exactly how I'm going to die. These things are going to happen. And what do you know in the end? All of it comes true. So right there, we've got a whole bunch of miracles there as well, predicting all these things that are going to happen. And finally, the biggest one of it all, him dying and conquering his own death. No man in history other than Christ has been able to do that. And so we come down to the last point, you know, knowing what he's done for you, knowing that we are all caught up in sin and we're all worthy of, of death, of something just terrible. I mean, you've got to just stop and ask yourself right here, is he, is he everything to you? Have you actually taken the time to put your trust in him and to realize just what you're involved in? There's a, a clip that I'm going to show you that maybe you've seen this before, maybe not. It's kind of a, it's, it's a little drama set to some, some music in the background. And it, you're going to see some, some characters in this that I, I just want to introduce you to some of these characters. First of all, you're going to see the main characters being this girl, and actually the other man represents God, or you could say represents Christ, Okay. And it, it shows them, you know, everything's good. It, it, I think it's implying the creation in the beginning and everything's good. The next character you're going to see, you're going to see some boy who represents a relationship that's not exactly honoring to God. Another character is going to represent money. You're going to be throwing money down, so it represents money. The next one represents, think, think, got to think. I think it represents partying. Okay, she's got some bottle of beer. Okay, you're going to see one also represents good looks. Okay, this girl trying to look really good. You got to fit in. You got to be stylish. And finally, the last character, the creepiest of them all, just creepy, represents suicide. Represents death. Represents cutting. Okay, well, I just want to make sure I'm clear on what you're going to see because I think some of us would have no idea what you're looking. at. So we're going to watch this, and then I'll have a few comments in the end, if we can get that rolling. Oof. Did you guys see that before? <clears throat> you have? Okay. Good. I, you know, I, I don't think you can have a, a better picture of Seriously, watch that. I get kind of choked up. I'm sorry. It's a little awkward there. Sorry. <clears throat> now, I watched that, and I, I really get taken back. You, 
You see what uh, you see what Christ is doing the whole time. I'm sorry, I hate to do this. I've got even issues sometimes with emotions and crying like this. So, anyway, um, thanks for listening, and um, I, I hope you you give it some thought of what Christ has done for each of us, if you haven't done so already, because it's, it's a serious, serious decision. And we can see it right here. So let's pray, and then we're going we're gonna to go to worship, I believe. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for, again, for what you've done for us. Now you laid down your life for us, and you've taken the sin from us, Lord. God, I pray that you would continue to teach us each uh, more and more about who you are, that we would come to know you more and more, Lord. Amen.